0: Almost here, round-the-corner technology. And my guest today comes from far away in Russia, in Moscow, Uh, Yusuf Haswani, and he's involved in what's going on in 3D printing in Russia, but specifically biological applications. How are you doing, Yusuf?
1: Hello. Thank you for your kind introduction. So yes, my my name is Yusuf Haswani, and I'm a co-founder of 3D Bioprinting Solutions Company, we are working in the uh, field of 3D bioprinting. So 3D bioprinting differs from 3D printing that you're using self during the printing process. So it's a new and uh, breakthrough uh, technology. And uh, we are uh, the only private uh, company in Russian Federation, and one of, um, I think, approximately 30, 35 uh, companies in, in the world.
0: Yeah, so bioprinting. I mean, it covers a wide range of areas. What specifically um, is your company working on in that field?
1: So we uh, we, we we are the producers of uh, bioprinters, and uh, our bioprinter we we call it, we call it Fabion. Uh, so it's one of the most multifunctional bioprinters in the world when I'm talking about multifunctionality. I mean that you can use a wide range of different materials, uh, of different uh, cells, cell types of what we call tissue spheroids, as, uh macro tissues. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, we're providing not just uh, the printers themselves, but also different types of services. But I think that the most popular experiment that we have done, uh, the printed thyroid gland. It was uh, it was done in 2015. I mean, the first experiments were were done in 2015. So uh, we printed for mice, not for for humans. Uh, Of course, we printed for laboratory mice the thyroid gland and transplanted them, and they they were successful. Really? So yeah, so it was it was the yes, it was the most. uh, I think the most. Popular uh, experiment that we have done. And you printed uh,
0: now, a whole. Uh, well, that? you printed a whole thyroid gland for a mouse, and you transplanted it into the mouse, and it worked.
1: Yeah. So uh, first of wow. all, uh, first of all, we defeated the thyroid gland of mice. We uh, injected the ra- ra- radioactive iodine, so we killed the native uh, thyroid gland. So the level of uh, thyroxine, the main hormone that uh, that is produced by thyroid gland, was on zero level, and after the transplantation of our construct of the thyroid gland that we have done in the, in the lab that we have printed, so the level was um, approximately sixty sixty percent of the of the uh, normal levels. So it was a really successful experiment. Yeah.
0: Where did you get the cells? Are they stem cells from the mouse, or how, you know, how did you make the thyroid gland?
1: Uh, in this uh, in this experiment, we we used embryonic cells. We used embryonic cells. Yes, we 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 got uh, steroids, uh the cells of thyroid gland, uh, from embryonic cells. Yeah. Huh?
0: How what what's the size of a uh, mouse thyroid gland? Like, what are the dimensions approximately?
1: It's uh, it's uh, not huge. As you understand, it's, it's uh, approximately yeah. uh, three, three millimeters, three millimeters. So our construct, our construct was two and two and nine millimeters.
0: How long did the the gland last? I mean, did you test it for a long time, or did it work for?
1: Yeah, for months. Or yeah, weeks sure. Or? Uh, no, no. Yeah, well, sure. We uh, tested we we tested the thyroid gland for two months. For two months. And uh, after two months, we saw that the levels of tyroxine were on plateau level, so they don't increase and don't decrease anymore. And wow. uh, after that, we uh, terminated all uh, all animals uh, to understand the histology, to understand what is going uh, inside the body. So uh, we didn't see any inflammation of uh, our contract, So it was alive, and it was uh, it was good. And also, we made the histology of native thyroid gland to be sure that the level of uh, hormones uh, increased by our construct, not by native uh, the thyroid gland. And we examined that, you know, so there weren't any native uh, life alleles because of uh, injecting radioactive iodine. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah,
0: I'm just, so, uh, I'm just very interested uh, in this. But yeah, go ahead. What else? Um, what else have you been working on?
1: Yeah, so uh I just uh, maybe I just tell a few words about uh about some success of the bioprinting technology if that's interesting. So uh we can say that uh for the complicity of a printing organ that we can tell that there are four groups of organs. So the simplest one is uh, flat organs, uh like skin or cartilage and uh there are... <clears throat> Really, some uh, a lot of a lot of success uh, stories in this field. For example, at Wake Forest University, our colleagues uh, printed the uh, skin for mini pigs, and um, uh, there are some uh, there are some companies and laboratories that printed cartilage for animals, for laboratory animals also. So the second group is tubular tubular structures like vessels. And for example, uh, used, biomedical, Japanese company, they have good preclinical results for transplantation for vessels with uh, big diameter. The third. You said. Uh, um, third...
0: Well, one thing, yeah. let me back up for a sec. Did, you said tubular structures, like, like what? I don't know if I heard but, you right.
1: Like vessels. Okay. Vessels. Okay.
0: Like
1: vessels. Mus- yeah.
0: V- vessels. Blood vessels. Okay.
1: Like blood vessels, yeah. Uh, so right. the third group is, is hollow as hollow no, non-tubular structures like uh, for example like bladder uh, here we cannot say that there is some uh, huge success in the third group uh, and I mean it by by a printing process but we see how uh, different groups in the world working on this program uh, in this pro- or this problem and we see that uh, maybe in some uh, in a few years we will see some huge success here and the fourth group, so why
0: what, well, why why are smooth um structures like bladders and maybe the inside of your mouth and why are those harder to to print
1: uh you know uh, it's hard to print uh, hollow uh, hollow structures so uh the one approach uh you uh, you make the flat structures and they, you try to to see just to sew it into the hollow structure. So the problem of the geometry actually, and one uh, one of the problems is geometry, and the second problem when you print the cells and the hollow structures of the cells that are upon upon the structure, they have, because of microgravity they start to going down. So that's one of the problems.
0: Okay. Gotcha. Uh,
1: and the fourth group that's what we call solid organs. That's uh, very uh, a sophisticated organ that have a lot of cell groups like kidney, like, like liver. And of course, of course, the main goal of all scientists and of all people working in this field, I mean, not only in uh, bioprinting, but in the regenerative medicine, uh, is to get such kind of organ like uh, liver, like kidney, like heart, and, and so on but yeah. uh here we can say that some uh, some job is going on for example jennifer is doing great job from mat they're trying to make uh near france it's a uh, structural unit of uh, kidney so mm-hmm. we, uh, we can say that some job is going on here also <clears throat> uh and uh, so that's that's just a little bit about success service and the bio in the bioprinting in in our field and what we are uh, what experiments we are also doing now so we're working on uh, um uh, you know that 3d printing is layer by layer uh by fabrication right. yeah and uh what now we are uh what we are doing uh, we're trying to use magnetic fields and ultrasound tweezers uh for biofabrication so it's not like 3D uh it's not like you know layer by layer uh fabrication. Mm-hmm. It's like uh we we do not have the term for that actually. It's like you you get a snow and make it and making a snowball. So you uh you're making constructs from um, different um sides. And so that's right, that's, so that's, l- that's very that's a very interesting approach. All
0: right, so it's not really just bioprinting, but it's um it's really just the creation of of these structures, however you want to create them. you know it may require magnetic fields, it may require printing it may require a whole host of different things, but it's uh essentially the creation oh. of viable viable structures
1: you know that uh, the terminology is new uh, and uh, some people call that uh, bioprinting based on magnetic ination. Some uh, call that mag- uh, magnetic fields by a printer, uh, but uh, right. uh, yes, I can, say, I can say that this' is a type of biofabrication, but uh, when by a printing you're doing something layers by layers, according to a digital model. Here we have the same things. We have digital model, first of all, and then we're creating it. also we can say layer by layer, but, but from you know all the size. So that's that's the difference. But uh, it's a good question how to call it. But now in scientific literature, uh, it calls magnetic or magnetic-based levitation uh, by printing or by fabrication. So when, uh, okay, very good. Yeah, we're, we're working in this field also. And uh, one of the uh, interesting things that uh, for uh, magnetic, you need uh, some magnetic nanoparticles inside, inside uh, the cells to get them to, to be magnetic but now our experiments mm. show that you cannot, can use paramagnetic fields so it's a new field of for biofabrication it's very interesting. so I mean we developed bioprinters on existing technologies okay. yeah. I mean classic 3D I mean classic 3D printing because when you print with hydrogens with cells it's like classic FDM technology we are working on different uh, services, making uh, different kinds of uh, tissue constructs, and we are working on uh, new technologies for bioprinting. That's what we are doing now.
0: All right. Well, let me, let me ask you some questions about it. What, what traditionally are the biggest problems that um, have stopped bioprinting so far? You know, I've heard, for instance, um, it's hard to build up a significant thickness of tissue because if it's far away from a blood supply and far away could be a very small amount, maybe a centimeter, that it it doesn't survive. So, I mean, you know better than me. So what are the biggest challenges in the biofabrication world?
1: So uh, there are actually two two main problems. Uh, the first problem, yeah, the, the biggest problem is uh, the vascularization. As you said, uh, most of the constructs are, uh, less than one centimeter, and as I told, the thyroid gland that would print it was three millimeters. So for thyroid, for my thyroid gland, it was okay. But more than one centimeter, it's really, uh, it's really a big challenge. Uh, there are uh, different approach how to uh, approaches how to um, solve this problem. One of approaches that I really like, it's I told about uh, Jennifer Lewis from MIT and David kaliskis They uh, do a great job. So they printing the from sacrificial gels uh, tubes then they sacrifice that and uh, they uh, get tubular contracts and they put the material cells inside. So they getting the uh, blood, blood vessels inside uh, the microchip. It's very interesting technology because if you put uh, something there in mean, some living materials, you can get the vascularization. Uh, and, so they, yeah, so they make
0: like a like a matrix that yeah. all the, the the stuff would go yeah, into, they, and the matrix what dissolves over time, or it's, is it permanent?
1: Yeah, they make they they make like they make like a matrix with with uh, vessels, and inside this matrix mm. you can put some some living tissue. Okay. And uh, the the other big the other big project, uh, problem is salt uh, sourcing. So uh, you ask me what cells we used for our uh, construct of the red gland and I told that we used embryonic cells. Of course, for uh, proof of principle technology, just to show that we can bioprint something, we can use embryonic cells. But in humans, we, of course, we cannot use them. So the second problem, where, where to get the cell source? Uh, the new technologies like uh, IPS cells, just pluripotent stem cells and the noble Bride's winner in 2012, uh, Professor Yamanaka from Japan. Um, uh, um,
0: I'm I'm not a big biologist, but uh, that's why I have to ask you. So to do the mouse thyroid, you used existing mouse thyroid cells, or did you take stem cells and convert them somehow to thyroid function?
1: No. uh, We we used uh thyroid cells but we okay. took them from from the embryo. And now the okay. new technology allows us to get the uh human cells uh often of their skin cells, I mm-hmm. mean from adult humans, not from embryos, from adult humans like you and me and then um making some <clears throat> uh Uh, genetically uh some some genetic uh experiments you can get embryo-like cells so Mm. they behave like embryo cells embryo stem cells i mean and from these cells you can make different cell types so if you get the uh, skin sample from adult human theoretically theoretically you can get uh different cell types but what is known now, for example, we can get a skin sample and then get better cells um, for pancreas. So it's 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 been it's uh, already has been done, okay. And now really? there are some uh, yeah, so uh, better cells can be uh, can be used, you know, made, made, made from skin and uh, different other cell style, cell types. So it's it's a very promising technology. But uh, oh. of course, we need some time for that. So, uh, talking about your question, two main problems is uh, cell sourcing and vascularization. But that's not uh, only you know that's not only the problem of uh, bioprinted I mean, but The main problems of whole regenerative medicine. The
0: main problem, what?
1: Uh, this is the main problem. Not for I mean, not for bioprinting technology itself. But, uh, the problem of whole regenerative medicine.
0: Right. Okay, makes sense. How lo- how long do you think it'll be before um, these two problems are solved, and you know, people are able to to print at least small scale uh, organs, like you know, a human thyroid, let's say, or um, you know, smaller type stuff. Uh,
1: you know, we we, we say that uh, it could be possible approximately in 10, 15 years, so until t- two thousand thirty. Yeah. Okay. Interesting.
0: What? Um, yeah, but, uh, so you're saying that depending on the organs, some are more complicated, some less. So, what do you think is viable then in the next five years? Do you think um, printing skin for burn victims, for instance, or
1: yeah, you know, yeah cartilage yeah, or yeah. pieces
0: of skull, or
1: yeah, yeah. I think that the skin, the cartilage, that the, uh, that these types of organs, uh, they will be first on uh, clinical on clinical tests but you know that it's uh, it's really a long moonshot shot from uh, preclinical tests to clinical tests uh it's uh, hmm. they're very expensive and uh, they so it's uh, it, it it takes from 5 to 10 years to make clinical tests uh but uh you're right the skin and the will be the first organs for that
0: what about uh, regulation and, uh, Good.
1: Uh uh it's uh, it's a good question about the regulation of the bioprinted co- constructs because still now we don't have any bioprinted constructs. <laughs> so so it's hard to say. It's uh, really hard to say about the regulation. No, of course uh it depends on the country. Because as you know right. there are different laws in different in different countries. So uh there are some loyal loyal countries for for cell treatment of regenerative it's medicine like South Korea, like Israel, like uh Australia, like Belarus, that's near near Russia and uh there are countries that's not not loyal for that. Uh when you have to do um to do a lot of experiments and uh it's uh, really yeah. uh long, long, long way. So like United States, like Russia also, we have, we have not long, uh laws for uh, self-treatment here. So it, 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 well, it, it depends on country, it depends on country, but right. uh, still now nobody knows the regulation by Brexit concerns.
0: Where do you think the first um, big breakthroughs will come th- from if, if you look at it by regulation? Where, which countries, I, mean, I don't know if you know, but in which countries are the laws the laxest, where uh, or the easiest, so that you think innovation may come fastest?
1: I think I think it will be China. Okay. I think I, I think it will be China because they have loyal laws, and they have good uh, technology, and they have hmm. really good scientists, and they have a really huge amount of money in, uh, in science.
0: What do you think will happen if China makes a breakthrough and they are able to uh, make a you know, a liver. You think that other countries will just stick to their laws, or they'll they'll move ahead faster and adopt it faster? For instance, if that happened.
1: Uh, you know, uh, the market. The market is really, really huge. And uh, so, for example, uh, one and a half million people stand in a waiting list officially, only officially, in uh, China. 200,000 hundred thousand people waiting uh, are saying can waiting at least in the united states so the the market is huge but when some first results for example with will be in china that that don't mean that all americans or all russians or all europeans will come to china to buy some organs because mm-hmm. Because the problem of re- regulation and the problem of re- regulation, is the problem of our understanding. I mean, the understanding of of, of people. If it is yeah. uh, if it is uh, safety, if it is uh, okay, so will will it be some problems? So everybody will will have a look what is going on in some years. Uh, but uh, I think the second country will be Japan. Uh, because they have really also really te- uh, really good technologies in cell sourcing and as I as I told uh they're working on uh, getting uh, embryon- embryonic cells from adult cells, embryonic like cells. Uh okay. and they're really good at that. So mm, uh let's, let's see the Asia with uh maybe maybe the first year. The second of course United States.
0: Yeah I mean there's there's already medical tourism you know, for people from in various countries, so I guess this, this may end uh, up being just another form of that,
1: you know? You know, the cell um, tourism, so it's not, uh, the cell tourism, it's uh, um, a part of medical tourism, but it's an uh, individual part. I mean, it's, it's a real, in five, seven years, it became a real big part of medical tourism. And mm. uh, the uh, countries uh, that w- where people are going to make cell treat treatment South Korea, uh Australia and China. And Japan. Right. So talking so let's, about let's not not whole not whole medical tourism, but cell tourism at these four countries. Right.
0: Alright well let's let's get back to your company and what you're doing. Um mm-hmm. are you still in research phase essentially or do you have a an actual printer that other people can buy and use, whether in labs or in their companies, to you know, in hospitals, or what, what stage are you at in the company?
1: Uh, yeah, you know, uh, any, uh, any any lab or any institute can buy our printer because it's uh, uh, available on market. We have two mm. types of uh, bioprinters, Fabian and Fabian 2.0. They uh, differs from the hardware. They differs a little bit from software, uh, but mostly on the hardware that they have. Uh, so that's commercial avail- available by printers. And also we are uh, making uh, services for, unfortunately, I cannot call the names of this company, but we are providing the services for some pharmaceutical companies. We are making 3D structures from tumor cells to get humors and oh. to, uh, to 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 examine yes and to examine the um the molecules the, molecule, the, tre- the treatment not on monolayer but on 3d structures so bioprinting oh. is not only bioprinting on, uh, of normal tissues but of uh, also of pathological tissues to uh, examine them or to examine the treatment that makes sense
0: yeah, if you can replicate a tumor in 3D and then you you can see how to treat it better. I got gotcha. you. Yeah.
1: Very interesting. That's actually a big difference between uh, cells in 2D and in 3D. Uh, so.
0: Well, I've yeah. seen for surgeries, um, uh, people are now printing, you know, probably in plastic and metals, but they're printing replicas of the area where the surgery is going to happen. And the different materials used replicate how tissues would feel, and surgeons can practice on a 3D model. That's exactly what they're going to encounter, and it helps them do their surgeries better. So I've seen that. I'm sure, I'm sure you have too. Stratasys has that. Uh, yeah, they're a huge do. 3D printing company. Yeah. So um,
1: yeah, we, we call that we call that 3D printing for medical applications. But uh, if you don't. Hmm. So yeah, in this case, it's you don't in this case you don't use the uh, cells during the bioprinting process. But right, you know, it's, it's, okay. uh, no, no, it's uh, it's a really good approach to make 3D models before before operating process. As I talked to surgeons here in, in Moscow. They 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 use that and they really like because you know the the more they know, the easier will be the operating process.
0: Right, right. So uh, last couple of questions on uh, ethics. Do, do you run into ethical issues and where do you see that the ethics issues are in uh, biofabrication and bioprinting?
1: Uh, you know, it's, uh, a good, it's a really good question, but I do not like it. <laughs> and I tell you why. I think that now, uh, in these days, we have huge ethical problems because millions of people are waiting when other millions of people will die. So when mm. uh, people are staying in the waiting list, every day they hope that somebody will die in the world and they will get the organ. That's mm. the big ethical problem. And we try to solve this problem. So. <clears throat> talking about ethical problems, we must talking about what we have today, and today we have a really huge ethical problem. That's my opinion
0: hmm. how How would you guess that um, we're going to make some headway in it? I mean not solve it. I don't expect that, but uh, what do you think is going to be one of the um, the first big hurdles to overcome in ethics?
1: Um uh, you know, so the first, uh, the first of all, we, uh, we need to show the, the organs or let's, we can call them organ constructs that we are doing. We must show, first of all, that they are safety. So that will be the first, the first uh, problem and for, and, and uh, also the ethical problem. Uh,
0: it
1: will, you know, so the the hurdles will be the first hurdles will be in this side to show that's, that that the technology technology safety the cell source sell is uh safety uh and uh, that is the question that these hurdles may be uh bigger in united states or russian federation or european union but they could be little bit smaller in such countries china and uh uh so south korea for example uh so i think that would be the first uh, the first article okay
0: right, well, very good um for for people listening to the podcast um how can they engage with what you're doing and learn more about it and uh, maybe even you know be interested in the 3d printer you have the faberson itself
1: uh, we, we have the information on uh, bioprinting.ru and we have the English version of our website. And uh, also, uh, so now 3G, our company, 3D Bioprinting Solutions, is a subsidiary of New York company, Vivax Bio. So, VivaxBio.com, you can also uh, sell the information what we are doing. So, now we are an international Russian American company.
0: Oh very nice yes excellent okay, any other questions that um I didn't ask you that we should cover that are important?
1: uh maybe you know just one question you uh, asked me about ethical problems and uh one uh interesting question uh what be about the i p intellectual property in this case so oh. there's a, a really big 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 discussion because you cannot uh you cannot get IP on something that's made by nature, but you can get IP on something that's uh, that made by a uh, human. So what, right. when, we're doing, uh, what we're, when we're doing the uh, organ constructs, uh, it's made by human or by nature. <laughs> so that is the question, and what what be about the intellectual property in this case? So if, for, for example, if you made liver or kidney, Will you will you have the intellectual property for that? So that's uh we can say that's also the ethical problem, but it's uh interesting okay. for discussion.
0: Oh, like you mean they they would if you don't make payments on your new liver they'll repossess it. That <laughs> yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> interesting. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I don't know what's yeah. gonna happen with that, but no one does either. So
1: Okay yes yeah it's, it's, uh, it's like any new technology. It, it doesn't depend on by biofabrication by, by or uh, biotechnology or i.T. company, so we, have the, we all have the main problems in the beginning.:
0: well, the, the, um, the last thing I'll say is that a crazy frontier will be I don't know if this will ever be possible, but to um, recreate a brain. You know, someone's brain, I mean, we'll finally find where maybe um, the spirit or a personality or the life force comes from. You know, once they can make a heart and, uh, you know, transplant it into you, you know, a 3D printed heart from your own cells, you'll probably be the same person. But the brain, no, we may actually run into this this place where the the soul lives, I guess. I don't know. It's just going to be very interesting what happens.
1: Ah, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's interesting question. Nobody, you know, nobody you knows. So, uh, of course, uh, we 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 see some uh, experiments of uh, making, like you know, brain structures, brain structures on the chip to uh, to examine different molecules, how they work, and for different diseases like Alzheimer's disease and so on. But not 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 the not the brain itself. But yes, but so uh, uh, it's uh, but. Uh, you know, it's uh, a philosophical question, I think, because, uh, um, you know, every seven years, every seven or eight uh, uh, years, uh, we're getting the uh, whole renewal of all, I mean, the renewal of all ourselves. So mm. y- you know that ourselves inside our body, they, they renew, so... For example, retrocite they renew every day, and skin, uh, skin cells, they renew every every, every month. But for okay. seven, eight, or seven or eight uh, years, we have 99% of renewing cells. So that means that uh, when you're looking in the mirror, it's not the same human that some seen on the mirror huh. eighty years ago <laughs> so that's that's a philosophical question
0: well actually what about um what about brain cells? How often do they renew or do they uh
1: so uh, I think for uh nineteen the middle of nineties there was a theory that uh brain cells they uh, they do not renew anymore but uh, but then we examined but then were examined the uh, brain stem cells, so we can say that they they renew but very uh very very slow
0: okay, compared to everything else gotcha
1: yeah okay uh so in right, fact, well, uh you you thought you uh, you told a few words about so the question that i am often hearing is about uh do you have uh, do you have any any plans uh, to bring the humans uh, I don't know <laughs> of, of course no I think that the natural the natural way is more pleasant <laughs> and cheaper yeah
0: yeah exactly all right well this, this has okay been, uh, yeah it's been a great interview I appreciate your time and uh, lots of questions but lots of exciting things happening so thank you
1: thank you very much thank
0: you